Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 272. Know all you possess and know what possesses you. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. I'm speaking from a hotel room in Osaka, Japan, and enjoying my stay here, meeting wonderful people. And I hope you enjoyed our new moon in Sagittarius, the truth teller, and how it was associated with Uranus, those unexpected happenings. And maybe you, like me, have found myself speaking out about something that had previously been the elephant in the room. And this all happened during a seminar that I was attending or speaking at alongside a fellow doctor who was speaking on the question of whether or not mental illness was associated with being possessed by spirits. And it was an interesting subject, something that I had looked at myself in other ways and obviously had come across other people, other cultures that believe that when we become sick, especially mentally, that perhaps it is because we are being possessed by a spirit or being interfered with by a spirit, a spirit perhaps who is unsettled or has not, of course, gone to the light. And I think the interpretation that this doctor brought to our conversation was a little simplistic um, because I don't think every mental or physical illness is due to something external to us. And in my own experiences of working with possessions and working with someone who did a lot of work in that field, she always said that very few people are actually taken over by a spirit world or by something in the spirit world. Most of the times, what possesses us are thoughts. And I think that's much more common for most of us, that we don't even have to be thinking about illness, but many times the thoughts that we have in our head <laughs> are those that are handed down to us, perhaps by parents or our ancestors, and they just keep running through our minds, don't they? But I think even in, in more general terms, it's often our own thoughts that possess us. <laughs> and they're the ones that we can't get out of our heads. And where they've come from, uh, maybe as I say, ancestors, or it might be past lives, but in the end of the day, it's really that we're tapping into the collective unconscious and we keep regurgitating and reminding us of these thoughts. And so I, I wanted just to spend the first part of this podcast talking a little bit about this. And then the second part of the podcast I've pre-recorded, which is a meditation that goes along with the work that we did in the last podcast. And I really wanted to offer the chance to make choices about what do you want to bring forward in 2024? What are the choices that are available to you? And what choices do you want to make? So do stay on for the meditation at the end. But just coming back to this subject, when he was speaking about possession, it reminded me of a quote that my dear friend Makua, the kahuna, used to say, which was, know all that you possess and know what possesses you. And this he's called self-discipline. 
And those two parts, I think, go together very well. First of all, know all you possess means what, who are you? What, you know, what do you own? What is yours? And I think when I've heard people speak about the spirits do, did this to me or the demons made me feel this way or God or my karma, to me, it feels like that we are abdicating our responsibility for our actions. Not to say that certain things can't influence us, but my sense is that sometimes when we're influenced by something to, and something happens in our life, it is really a resonance with something that's already within us. And the idea of I have no control over my life because something external to me is going to hurt me or put me off my balance or send me off my path is, I think, not a healthy way of looking at life, if I may say that. And we might say, wow, so fancy believing that some spirit could invade you and make you sick. Well, it's not too different from what we all talked about three years ago, which was a virus outsiders could make us sick. So we all have these sort of mythologies or superstitions in our cultures. And you may say, well, no, I'm not superstitious at all. I just don't walk under ladders <laughs> or I throw salt over my shoulder if I get spilt some salt in front of me. Now, those are passed down through our families, maybe. But we also have these superstitions that if you hear someone sneeze, you're about to get a cold. Or if something happens, then it's going to affect us. And these so-called belief systems that... Bruce Lipton talks about being a receptor on our cell membrane. We all have them and they are beliefs, they're thought forms, they are perceptions of reality. And when they occur in a way that we then think that we are fearful of something happening if we don't do something else, we call it a superstition. And it might be that that's how you were brought up, perhaps maybe crossing yourself as you go into a church or when you hear someone being sick or maybe praying for someone. It's wonderful to have these rituals, but perhaps what I am saying is that when those rules or those rituals become fear-driven, then we then feel helpless to the events that are surrounding us. hope that makes sense. So do I believe that spirits are out there in the world? Absolutely. Do I believe I have no control over one taking over my body? I believe I have control. And the more I sense that this is something that I can choose, then it gives me a stronger immune system, a stronger sense of helpfulness rather than helplessness. Everything in us is that idea that there is an individuality as well as me living as a collective. And both are important. So this is why Makua's statement was, know all you possess. In other words, celebrate yourself. And it's just so interesting. I, I meet it wherever I am in the world, but I'm seeing it here in Japan. If I say to someone, you're really good at something, or this is, they go, oh, no, 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 not me, not me. And how often we're really good at telling people what we're bad at. But we're really bad at telling ourselves what we're good at. And owning that is not bad. It's just 
once you own it, once you embody it, you don't need to keep doing it because you are it. And nobody can take it away from you. So if I'm constantly asking for, oh, am I good at this? Am I good at this? Am I good at this? It means I haven't yet embodied the fact that I am good at it. And when I know I'm good at it, I stop asking people if I'm good at it. I just do it. So knowing all you possess is celebrating, embodying all your gifts. What is it that is so natural to you, you didn't even know that other people couldn't do it. It just comes easily. I might say that talking comes easily to me. (laughs) Other people don't find it easy. Well, I couldn't stand on a stage and talk. Well, I can. So what is it that is so easy? And this is something I love looking at in astrology. It's because you see what is easy to someone, maybe it's Jupiter in some sign, compared with something that's difficult, which is more where Saturn is. So it's okay to have things that you have to work at, like things where Saturn is, (laughs) but it's really important to embody the things you're good at, you enjoy doing, you just do naturally. And the more we embody what we possess, actually the stronger we get. So I'm not a great believer in people say you shouldn't have an ego. Have an ego. (laughs) Enjoy what you're good at. Because the stronger your ego, the less, if I may say, that you will be influenced by other people's energies that don't resonate with you. The less you know yourself, the more you're like, like, well, maybe I should do what they're suggesting, or maybe I should go in that direction. So the more we know who we are, the possess who we are, the more choice we have to say, well, I might go in that direction, but I don't need to, or I don't need to be persuaded to go in that direction. So own all that you are. And then the second part is know what possesses you. Now, this is more about some of our belief systems. Yes, so what I'm saying there is, what are, the, what are the comments that go through your head, my head, that just keep going over and over again? And that's like having this package of thought form. That every time you kind of move off from it, it says, no, don't leave me. <laughs> I belong to you. So what are those thought forms that <laughs> in many ways just want to be seen and met by you? And you can, if you want, give them a name. They're a parallel life. They're a part of your sub-personalities. And you'll say, okay, okay, I get you. (laughs) You're the one that wants to, I don't know, be the martyr. You're the one that wants me to always feel bad about myself. So instead of trying to get rid of them, can't get rid of the problem at the level it's created, as Einstein says, accept them, give them a name. Hi, you're there then they don't need to keep bothering you. You can say, okay, I've heard you, go away. (laughs) So know what possesses you isn't about trying to get rid of it, praying it goes away, or, you know, getting an exorcist in to get rid of that part of you. Own it. Yes, that's part of who I am, but I'm not giving it the space that I have in the past. So another way of looking at it, I like to say, is like having a committee table. All these characters are sitting at your table, but one of them has a very loud voice, or one of them, you know, is moody. (laughs) And those two take all the energy from the room because they're constantly demanding attention. 
So it's good to acknowledge them like we would at a family table as well, but say, hey, I've heard you, now calm down. <laughs> you have my attention. So knowing what possesses you is often these little gremlin voices, these little monkey voices in your head that just chatter on and catching them. And that may be emotions. I, I often, again, find myself saying to people, what did you feel? And they tell me what they think. So the feelings are one of our sub-personalities, one of our parallel lives. Give them voice. I feel this way. That's great. Don't have the, the total flaw. You, you can't direct me, but at least I'm hearing you. And then what possesses us also is sometimes other people's voices that I've suggested may come from your parent or something. And it, you hear it until a point where you turn and face it and you go, that's not mine. I actually don't believe that. So there's things we do need to resonate with and own. And there's things that we hear and we need to stop and say, actually, I don't believe that anymore. I, maybe I did. But now I've changed, that isn't my story. Again, what possesses us can be a story. So letting go of that story. Say, thank you, I, I'm letting that go. Sometimes writing a letter you never send, give it back the story, taking a stone, put the story in a stone, throw it into water. You're literally saying, finished. Cutting the ties that bind. I'm not carrying that story anymore. And the third part of that might also be just want to say what may we what may possess us could be a part of us that we don't want to own, which could be a darker character that we feel that we're always running away from. So it might come up in your dreams. Oh, I have these dreams and this part is running after me or these types of people are always in my life. Well, if something continues to appear that you don't want, it might be right to turn around and face it. So there's different levels here, and I just want to say, own what you possess. Be proud of who you are. Know what possesses you. Own those thought forms that sometimes just rattle around in your brain. Say, okay, you're mine. Give back what doesn't belong to you. This isn't mine. Might have believed it in the past. Don't believe it now. And thirdly, own those parts of us that perhaps we feel possessed by, but are really part of us at a very deep level and often containing a power and a strength that we could do with at this time. Do I believe that the spirit world can influence us? Absolutely. Obviously, we ask for that. But ultimately, we have free will on this planet, and that free will gives us a choice as to what we take on board. If in any way you are feeling oppressed, possessed by those in spirit, then it is really important to say, anybody who does not come in light and love, disappear now. Or go away if you are not coming in love and light because only those who are coming in love and light will stay around and honour your free will. Vampiring, the stealing of energy, can happen on many levels. It happens on a human level, doesn't it? 
people trying to put you down so they can take your energy or people trying to, to you know, charm you so they can take your energy. And that can happen also on a, on a spiritual level. And I think that as we move forward, and I've spoken about Saturn in Pisces, Saturn in Pisces is about a self-discipline, a discipline of our spirit world, a discipline of our psyche. And as Makua says, this is true self-discipline when you can actually organize your mind or be aware of what's going on. So a lot's happening in not just the physical world or even the mental world, but in the psychic world where there are thought forms that are being created, we could say mind control. And if we're not aware, we don't know that that wasn't a thought form that we originated, that it's coming from somewhere else. So being aware of just, okay, there are thought forms coming into my awareness. This is not in harmony with my soul. This does not nurture me. Thank you very much. Go away is really important. So the ability to be mindful of what is coming towards you in that astral world, in our psychic world, is becoming heightened at this time. And what I see is that depending on where it comes from, we are possibly more uh, keen to give it floor space. In other words, someone says to me, oh, St. Michael came to me, or Archangel Michael came to me, oh, it must be real. Or Mary came to me, it must be real. Well, there are tricksters out there, my friends. So I would only just say to you, it's not with who gives you the information, it's how does that information resonate with you. So be careful not to get uh, lost in the glamour of what's happening, because that, again, is a way of coming into our space that is not healthy. So am I a, a skeptic? No, I'm not. I'm a healthy skeptic. But I'm also very aware of what feels loving to me. And the more I integrate who I am into myself, so I'm not looking for approval, not looking for glamour, not looking for criticism, the less I need to take from the psychic world energies that do not belong to me. Now, I hope this is helping. There are maybe questions from this, but we are at a time where most of the information that is coming our way is not purely verbal. It's coming in on the mental level, the astral level, the psychic level, and being aware of who we are and that we are already mighty human beings that have choice is a good start. So I hope you enjoy the meditation. It's really offering you the space to say, if I am already who I am now, if I take on ownership of all I am, then what do I want to bring into my life for 2024? Think big, my friends, and enjoy. Until next time. Bye-bye. Here is a meditation that I hope will help you to make the choices that I spoke about last time. Please only do this meditation if you're able to close your eyes and you're in a quiet place. 
When you are there, please close your eyes. And once again, take a short breath in on the count of three, long out breath down through your body on the count of six. Taking all the thoughts that are milling around in your head, passing them into the ground. And just repeat that a few times. Take your awareness to your heart chakra. Just tap into the compassion you have for yourself. Now through your heart, see yourself outside the house, the house of change. Just look around this house, maybe somewhere you know or just in your imagination. And then go up to the main door. The door opens to you and you find yourself in a large hallway off which there are many doors. All the doors are closed at this time. Just walk into the hallway. You may see colors, pictures. You may hear music. And then you hear one door opening and out steps someone who loves you dearly, who wants to help you to make the choices that are closest to your heart. Greet that person, thank them for coming. And they are going to take you to just two doors at this time. Behind the first door is a future two years on where nothing changes in your world. That might be focusing on your work or your home life, your relationship. But nothing changes and we are now two years on. So the door opens and here you are two years on in one particular aspect of your life. Work, home, relationship. Look around and see how things look, how you can hear certain things maybe. But how does your body feel two years on with nothing changing? How does your body look if you were to look in a mirror two years on? How do you feel emotionally? How does your soul feel? And how are your relationships two years on? Nothing changes. Now it's time to leave that room. Go back to the main hall, speaking to your loved one about what you've experienced. And now they're going to take you to a different 
doorway, different door. Behind that door is a future two years on where something has changed, something you may know you want to put into practice. Again, whether it's your home life, work life, relationships, but something you've maybe dreamed of doing, you're now doing two years on. Door opens, you're there. What do you see? What do you hear? How does your body feel and look two years on in this particular future? How do you feel emotionally? How does your soul feel two years on in this future? And having made those changes, how are your relationships? Now it's time to leave that room and return to the main hall and speak to your loved one, knowing that there are many different futures, many parallel lives that you could enter if you choose, as long as you're living in the here and now. Speak now. Maybe even listen or make decisions. Now it's time to leave the house of change, knowing you can return any time. You thank your loved one who returns to a separate room. And you leave the house by the main door. And then you slowly bring your awareness back to the room where you are. And in your own time to open your eyes. I hope you enjoyed that meditation. This is the quickest way of knowing what is truly following your bliss from the here and now. What is your passion? Whatever resonates with you, makes you feel alive, makes you feel full of enjoyment is the direction we need to take. When we no longer feel that, we change direction. But being able to resonate with a truth within our intuition is the quickest way of knowing that we are becoming that fully realized human being. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on 
on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heartspeed.